episode 48 of the Metro Fan TV rundown coming to you live after this weekend's events against Inter Miami CF at home at Red Bull Arena in Harrison, New Jersey. And we're going to be here to talk about that and the two upcoming games we have this week. I am back, of course. That's why you're listening to my voice. But joining me as well today is Juan Escalante. How are you, Juan? I'm fine, Lens. How are you? I'm 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 good. I'm good. It's a public holiday today, so I woke up just not having to work, which is nice. <laughs> Amazing. What's the holiday called? Ari Raya Haji. So I think uh, this is one of the Aids, but I don't know the Arabic oh. name for it because I'm more familiar with like the Malay names. Isn't so it have... uh, Eid al-Akta or something like that? I think that sounds about right, yeah. It's basically the celebration of the Hajj. I think that's what it is, yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's going on today, but we're under like... Uh, COVID lockdown number three, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> free the boys, free the homies. President Xi, if you hear this, my my, my civil liberties are being infringed. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> All right, so Juan, as you know, we have a big, big, big ceremony to pull off. Our spiritual advisors are given us to go finally, and this yes. is the day that we're going to bring him back, right? So mm-hmm. welcome, everybody, first of all, to the first ever live seance of Metro Fan TV. We are going to try and commune with the dead and bring him back to life. So do you have the offerings ready? Yes, it's taken about a month's time, but I have the necessary offerings. Um, one box of blueberry cereal. Exactly yeah. seven slices of Taylor ham. Mm. Okay. A scale replica of Ryosuke Takahashi's Mazda RX-7 from Initial D. Oh, wow. And one, exactly one half liter of flappy sauce. All right. Well, I, I hope it's enough to bring him back, so I'm going to be lighting all the scented candles that I've arranged very artfully in my room. Okay, that's good, good to go. So now let's begin the invocation. For who anyone who is here today, we'd like to commune and ask very kindly to come forward. You specifically asked for one Fernando Gonzalez to speak to us today. Are you getting anything on the Ouija board right now? Anything? No. All right. I think it's going to call for some more serious measures. So let me pull out the holy water here. Fernando Gonzalez, we ask you to come forth from the dead. The power of Christ compels you. The power of Christ compels you. you. The The power power of Christ compels compels you. Life! Life, do you hear me? Give my creation life! (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. He's. Whoa, Fernando. Is his shield gone? Uh, the, the, The shield died. I, I thought you would have seen it on the other side, dude. Yeah. Was Yubi Diara there? Yes. He 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 left. He came back before me. Where you know <laughs> if he did he play on Saturday? I think he did. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that in a bit, though. Uh, okay. That was that was kind of a surprising vacation. But how was it being dead? How was it being dead? Um, it was it was kind of cool. Um, a little too cold. I'm not a cold person. I, I like the heat, so that was that was not fun. But um, I saw some cool shit. 
I, I saw some some uh, some pretty cool shit. Met a lot of old people. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I recommend it. It, it wasn't that bad. Uh, Fernando, or just uh, give it a shot. You know. Yeah, uh, Fernando. I'm obviously you're in your home, so I I can't tell you what to do, but I would uh, I, I would put some pants on right now. Fuck. <laughs> I, I heard a Gilfie Sigurdsson's career signed with Death FC. Like, can you confirm? <laughs> yes, yes, I can confirm that. Well, that's a landmark scoop. Already back from the dead in five minutes, and he's already giving us the big news. So yeah, he heard it for a first on Metro Fan TV. Gilfie Sigurdsson to Death FC. R.I.P. R.I.P. Just don't touch kids, guys. It's it's really easy. Okay. <laughs> All right. So anyway, hey, literally everyone, leave those kids alone. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the old uh, Hearts manager, right? Uh, Graham Ricks, who got like busted oh, for like uh, sleeping with a fourteen-year-old while he was on the job. So, yeah. and then like uh, since the Manic Street preachers were like such a big thing at the time, right? They had a song called "If You Tolerate This, Your Children Will Be Next." So I think Jesus. they turned into a song called "If You Tolerate Ricks, Your Children Will Be Next," which was top banter, if you ask me. <laughs> anyway. Um, the gang's all here. Wow, I, I didn't, I didn't expect that this would be so, uh, such a resounding success. It's good to hear Fernando's voice once again and reunite him with his uh, young family, who was missing <laughs> a father. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Happy. We we've unlocked the happy ending, but you know what wasn't a happy ending? The game against Miami on the weekend, right? So I guess let's move on into the nitty-gritty at the episode. Look, it's simple, right? We drop points at home against the worst team in MLS. Struber out. Seriously. Struber out, right? Like, uh, Yeah, that, like, that should have been a three-point game. I, I can't believe we didn't get three points. That's just... You, you, you can't... You have to get three points at home every time, no matter no matter what the situation. Yeah, I, it's, it's, un, it's really unbelievable. Like, I was... You know, last week on the episode, I was expecting that we would get... We would get the win here. We'd get a resounding victory. We would get some real, uh, tangible evidence that this team was doing better, is on the upswing, and none of that happened. Nothing's changed. Absolutely nothing has changed from what happened over the weekend. Yeah, you know, you know it's like it's it, it really just kind of seemed like the field, like like the team just didn't even take the field, right? Yeah, we didn't even yeah. get anything on the board. Like yeah, zero. I was told that I was told that Caden Clark had recovered from his surgery. It's like he didn't even play on the weekend. Unbelievable. Yeah, like what the fuck, man? Seriously, like yeah, I, I I've never seen a team come out looking so like invisible and unprepared for like yeah. arguably the weakest opponent in MLS. I mean, lucky for us, it didn't really offer anything either. Because right. I mean, we know right, they're basically an autopilot. They're sleepwalking through their games, and we just didn't take advantage of that. Like. I've never seen the midfield look so porous. It was like there was no one there, right? Like, no intensity, yeah. no presence at all in the field. Like, yeah, for, yeah. For, for for six million dollars, I, I I expected to see a little bit more of uh, our Polish king. So that was, it was just a complete ghost. And I I look, I know ghosts. So I, I <laughs> he was a ghost. It was insane. I, I it was just he was non-existent. And and same thing with uh, with, with Fabio, just just nothing, nothing at all. I'm not even yeah. sure if he touched the ball once. Oh yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like two hours. It was like nine o'clock, two hours after, you know, the, the national anthem was sung. I was still waiting for the team to leave the locker room. I'm like, what is going on here, guys? Get it yeah. together. 
exactly. That, that's basically what it felt like, right? And I think all the, uh, you know, the, the, the recoveries, right, from injury and everything didn't really seem to help the team either, right? I mean, uh, you know, I mean, we talk about, you know, Caden Clark missing the last few weeks, but coming back from injury and basically nobody in the midfield was up for it. Like, no one at all. Like, I've never seen Christian Caceres and Caden Clark, like, look so, like, um, invisible, right? Yeah, this is a new midfield pairing of, uh, I think, Drew Yearwood with his worst showing yet, right? Complete non-entity in midfield. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then... Who is it that was next to him? Uh, I, I I honestly can't I can't remember honestly at this point. I think it was. Yeah, well, I know. It's, 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 it's hard to remember. I mean, it's yeah. a, no, just no one showed up to the game. No one there. Was, and usually, this podcast is usually very effusive in his praise uh, for Sean Akira Davis, but this is probably has been most like his invisible most invisible game. This yeah. this this last one. Yeah, and you know, I you think, know who uh, I thought was good though. Who? Yuba Diara. That's Super true. Weird. Yeah. That is true. He came up, came came up, came off the bench and immediately stabilized the midfield. So, uh, kind of a big surprise to see him like show up. To be honest, but yeah, I guess Fernando was right. Like uh, he was resurrected just before he we resurrected him. So, good to get to see him playing out there today. Looking, we had a like good he... talk. We we had a good talk before he went back. So, <laughs> what'd you tell him? Just to just to do stuff, man. Just do shit. <laughs> like just anything. Just don't die again, please. Did you tell him to perhaps make a difference in midfield? Yes, yes. And, <laughs> and you know, the, the, I think the most disappointing thing is, is and I, mean, I have to circle back to, to, to Sean Davis, one of the things I've praised him this year was was his leadership and, and his command and how vocal he was, you know, as, as a captain. You couldn't hear him at Nobody. all. Nobody, absolutely. Like, you couldn't hear a peep. It was. It was. I, I'm. I'm. I'm absolutely shocked. Absolutely shocked. Yeah, like the, the the complete lack of communication. I think was pretty stunning, right? And I think uh, you could tell that since nobody was into it, like you could tell. I think uh, from what I heard at Ripple Arena, anyway, that everybody like it was record concession sales, right? Because everybody just got so fucking fed up that they just decided to go have a have a laugh in the concourse, right? Buying all yeah. the uh, concessions and the. Uh, and I think Delaware North probably like made the most money they've ever had at Ripple Arena is because of it. So Maybe. did any of you participate in this? Like, did you any of you guys have any concessions because of how uh, I, bad the match I, was? I was still recovering from my uh, from my wisdom teeth surgery, so I, I decided not to eat anything at Ripple Arena. But um, I know we've been pretty negative in this. But uh, you know, you know, uh, I, I can give another uh, another bonus point to. Um, you know he's been a real lightning rod for this team, but uh, no mistakes from Kyle Duncan this this weekend. So <laughs> shout out to him for that. That's true. That's true. That, that, that's fair enough. Fair enough for him. And uh, I was dead, so I couldn't partake in any of those. <laughs> <laughs> also, fair play, like Andrew Goodman finally coming on for like a five minute spell towards the end, right? For the rather um, steady of kind of silent John Tolkien, who gets some much needed rest for midweek. I think so. You know, it's good to start to see some of these players who ghosted us earlier this year start to reemerge again. Mm-hmm. Spooky things are happening, folks. Yeah. Um, Real shocking performance. Really, yeah. uh, really rained on our parade. Yeah. Needless to say, right? I mean, this this kind of thing is kind of like a bolt from the blue, right? I mean, it's got such massive implications for the rest of the season because if we can't get it done at home against the worst team in MLS, 
then what are we doing, folks? What are we doing? Really, like, what, what do we, we spend all this money for on all these players that just, like, were, were complete non-entities the whole game? Like, what happened? You asked me, what happened? Where, where's this project headed towards? So basically, I'm going to put on my Arsenal fan TV hat. I want Struber <laughs> out. Fellball out. Struber out. <laughs> um, I want Mark de Grand Prix out, definitely. And I want uh, fucking, what's his name? What's that, what's that asshole's name? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I want Red Bull to sell the club. They've yeah. all got a go. They've, They've all, all got, got go. a go, like <laughs> Fernando. Get them all out. It's fucking shadow play. <laughs> Fuck the technical <laughs> shit. It's down to this. <laughs> uh, if you if you know if you know what that's a reference to, you're a real one, by the way. Yeah, you should definitely come on the podcast the next time around if uh, you know who we're referring to here. Um, so I think uh, obviously. This would be kind of sullied uh, if it weren't for the fact that like Miami basically like literally didn't get a shot on goal the whole game just because of like how how much they didn't give a shit. So uh, you know, kind of lucky that actually I won't even say lucky. I'm just kind of pissed we didn't bin the worst team in MLS, man. Seriously, yeah, it's like it, that's what we'd expected from from yeah. old Manny Guayne. <clears throat> yeah, just oh, I mean, it was a, it was another clean sheet, but you know. Uh, you just expect you expect a lot of goals at home. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was weird seeing uh, Iguain in line in the Brisas line before kickoff, but I'm like, you know, don't can make me can, stop you. Can you confirm if he's a marble roll red or a lucky strike kind of guy? Uh, he is a uh, he's a he <laughs> he was a uh, uh, he <laughs> he had a pack of Swisher sweets on him, which is very strange. <laughs> And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, is there, I was like, is there weed in those? Like, no, these are just the regular Cereos. I'm like, oh no, that's bad. That is even worse. That's all you know. The guy just doesn't give a fuck, dude. My God. <laughs> like I saw Gonzalo Ian smoking a black and mild before kickoff. That was, that was wild. <laughs> oh man. All right. So let's close the book on this uh, absolute travesty of a game, I guess. Um, one comment from loyal viewer or listener in this case, Derek Schultz, who is one such person, I think, who ended up at the concession stand as a result of this game. And he just wants to let us know that the cheese pizza has dramatically improved. It's slightly cheaper, but you get less overall. I have never ordered a pizza at Red Bull Arena in my life, so I'm just going to take your word for it. Uh, have any of you guys had any of the premium offerings before? I mean, it's it's probably why I died. Um, that pizza was absolutely atrocious before, so I guess it's good to know that it's uh, it's gotten better. <laughs> yeah, I take I, I'll take. Uh, I think Derek is a good decision maker. I know that he uh, he was so disgusted by the game, by the team's play that he he actually left home early, and he uh, he got home he got home before the game uh, ended. Oh, he beat the traffic basically. Yeah. It seems like a wise move. Uh, I just want to... And I guess this might finally get the podcast cancelled, but I've heard that the empanadas are not as good as they were in 2018. Can... Is anyone brave enough to come forward and confirm? I have not had any yet. So, Um, I don't know. uh, The only thing I can say is that uh, they are $12 now. 
You don't oh, get three dude. for nine. And uh, is it worth it? I will not uh, say in the affirmative. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize they hiked the prices either, man. Like, we really seem to be in the... Uh, unfortunately, it seems like uh, things are generally on the decline, unfortunately. We're, we're doing austerity at Red Bull Arena now. <laughs> <laughs> Empanada austerity. Teresa May took our empanadas away. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So let's let's close the book on this game. Uh, stock up, stock down. Let's just go around the room real quick. Um, stock up to Delaware North, I guess. Um, stock yep. up to the, the the weathermen in the area, and uh, stock up to Carlos Coronel for keeping a clean sheet. Well done, buddy. That's. Uh, that's another good showing, I suppose. The only guy I'm going to be e-praising tonight. Uh, stock down uh, the whole team. Stock down uh, Gerhard Schuber. And uh, stock down uh, Red Bull Red Bull Global. Like, seriously. We, we're, we're like peak Venkis Blackburn at this point, I'm telling you. With this result. Absolutely shocking. Everybody's got to go. you got a clean house. I've, I've had enough. Anyone else want to offer up some takes? Stock up, stock down? You go ahead, Juan. Uh, stock up to the burger restaurant that is named after an odd number of guys uh, <laughs> for feeding me before the game. Uh, I still could not eat. I, I, I've graduated to soft foods, but I paid less than $5 for way too many French fries that I chewed at the front of my mouth. So stock up to them. Uh, stock down, like again from last week, uh, climate change. Just for uh, for no particular reason. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give a stock down to ACDC as well, actually, because of that. Because uh, Thunderstruck <laughs> is just like the worst fucking song in the face of the planet. Oh boy! <laughs> and should not be played at sporting events ever again. All right, no, 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 no other reason at all. Okay. Um, stock up to you guys for bringing me back to life. I really appreciate that. That was cool. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, no worries. Um, it's just a casual, like a midweek seance, you know. Just, just normal yeah. Things. I mean, so, you know, sometimes you just got to do it. I've watched enough um, Ghost Hunters to know what goes on. So, <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, yeah, I don't know. Stock up, stock up to Diara for finally coming back, and and you know, it wasn't an ideal game, obviously, when you know you're the only one that shows up and no one else does. But uh, you know, he tried. Um, stock. Uh, stock down to Herman Cain. I, I met him down there, and he, he's a dick. <laughs> he really is just kind of an asshole. I'm, 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 I'm happy he died. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, I guess just, just, just stock down to uh, to Red Bull. Like that's, I mean, do better. Just <laughs> seriously, just do better. That, that's un- unacceptable. What happened on Saturday? Every every aspect of that was just completely your fault. This this is the unfortunate part where I mentioned that we actually managed to strike a cor- corporate partnership with Raising Canes, and uh, as part of uh, our agreement, we 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 actually have to conduct a seance next next week as well to bring Herman Cain back from the dead because you know it's very <laughs> on brand. So, uh, shit. Well, Wait, it's is okay. That what it's named after? Hmm? Is that what Raising Canes is named after? Uh, it will be after I'm done um, bringing him back to life. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so about them chicken fingers, boy. 
I, I, I guess uh, as a Sieg, like, like that was like the greatest fucking like post-match meal I've ever had in my life, right? Because the first time I had Raisin Canes was after we beat Cincinnati 3-2 at uh, the 2017 US Open Cup. And like, I literally got introduced to it because some lady on the street passed me one. And I was like, you want a chicken? She was like, you want a chicken finger? I was like, sure. And then I ate it. And I was like, damn, this is nice. And we got the whole gang to go to Raising Canes. So yeah. thanks, lady in Cincinnati, wherever you are, uh, for changing my life and making me a better man. Uh, with that, um, yeah, let's look forward to um, what's on our plate now, I guess. Uh, the two upcoming games uh, this week. Uh, the one in midweek against Toronto, where I think we are visiting Canada for the first time in... How many? It's it, it's been, we haven't gone like since 2019, I don't think, right? Because the entirety of 2020 was uh, done either in that weird, fake tournament in Florida or at Red Bull yeah. Arena, right, in the Northeast. Um, yeah. So yeah, first first visit to Canada in over two years, and uh, then we visit DC United, uh, the New Look DC United on the weekend, I think, go at Audi Field. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. It kind of feels like every game this year is like a six pointer, right? Just because of the way that the schedule is, uh, the schedule is formed. So I kind of think, um, if we are to get the season back on track, we're going to need to, uh, pick some points up here. I guess we, the good news is we got the monkey off our back, right? With, uh, our first road win against a really tough Atlanta side on the road with a bit of a depleted lineup. And uh, now I think, um, you know, I mean, since we basically didn't show up against Miami and sleepwalk through the game, the team is going to be extra rested for these uh, two upcoming road games, right? Um, I think before we talk about that, I'm just going to have a quick seek into the recent form of both teams. So after firing a certain Chris Armis, uh, Toronto have picked up four points from their last two games with a win against New England and tying Orlando City 1-1. Uh, I, th- I I am not sure where they played the game. In t- oh, yeah. Yeah, they played Orlando at home at BMO, tied them 1-1. Yeah, that would um, be their first game back, I think. Yeah, that was the yeah, first Yeah, they, they didn't want to bring Armis north of the border. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you had that one kid who was like threatening to boo him on that on his YouTube channel. So, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm sure he definitely shat his pants at that prospect. <laughs> uh, and then I think DC United from their last couple games, they had a bye week after binning Toronto seven <laughs> one, which is the game that got Chris Chris Armas fired uh, before losing two one to Philadelphia. Yeah away at philadelphia they do play chicago in midweek though so i think uh they they, they'll be away at chicago in midweek so they will be coming off a road trip before their home tie against us at home so let's go through our opponents now i guess so of course i think uh, we know that this is not the toronto fc side that we faced uh, earlier this year because for one josie altador is back from exile Something about star strikers getting their coaches fired this season. I'm not really sure what's going on there. But um, basically, it seems that, yeah, you know, it's true. Uh, 
we didn't really get to talk about it this much, but uh, you know, the Chris Armis effect is very real. <laughs> <laughs> like, what was it? Like, like, like they conceded thirty goals this season, right? And like a third of them came in the uh, <laughs> in the game against Toronto FC at out. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, the game against DC United at Audi Field, I should say. Like literally giving up one season's like a third of the season's like goals against quota in one game and we're rooted to the bottom of the table like i think prior to uh, the game against miami so um you know i think uh it goes to show i suppose that um if the coach is a fucking wing wong you can have the most talented roster like in the league and it still wouldn't mean shit but unfortunately, it's got it means bad news for us because it means that it'll be a much tougher Toronto team playing us at home with all of their star guys, right? So I think uh, Puzuelo's back, uh, Josie's back, uh, Michael Bradley's still around, obviously. Um, Jefferson Soteldo, I guess, is there, but he hasn't really been much of a super factor, I think, uh, so far this season. But of course, uh, knocking Do on wood here. Do they have Nick DeLeon? Can he cross the border despite not wanting to be vaccinated? Yeah, that's a good question, actually, right? Because he he's an American and he didn't get vaccinated. He was and not in the he was not in the eighteen in the last game. So I suppose he's just kind of chilling wherever he is. I yeah, well, no, that's kind of a weird one. <laughs> he, yeah, he played in New England, but he was not. He didn't. He didn't. Yeah, he was not in the eighteen in their first game back in Canada. <laughs> So is he like only gonna? This is the weird thing about having this like cross. <laughs> Are you saying they, like they have Nick DeLeon on retainer, just like hanging out on the other side of the border? Yeah, he's like a ringer for their road trips to America. Just fl- yeah, he's just fly- hanging out in Ni- he's just hanging out in Niagara, New York, until they need him. <laughs> <laughs> flies flies around the. He's like the emergency pool goalkeeper, right? Just flies exactly. around the country. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, like, it, it was it... such a such a short sighted decision to let them uh, play in, in Canada again. I mean, I get it to a degree. Like, I'm, I'm sure you know the, the teams are starving for some kind of revenue. But I mean, way way to just flip the switch for this being kind of I don't even say flip the switch of making making already weird season feel weirder and almost as fake like last season. I mean, definitely won't be as fake as last season, but we're getting fake season vibes again with some of this bullshit. Yeah. I'll be honest. I mean, this is this stuff like this, like just kind of exposes like how stupid I think having cross country leagues can be, if I'm being quite frank. Right. Because uh, you see, like it's not even like, 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 like artificially imposed, like, roster shortages as a result of you know as a result of travel restrictions that are in place is not going to produce a very conducive product right i mean like that's basically creating another kind of home field advantage for teams that can basically like decimate their opponents's uh the the players their opponents have to select right uh uh, because just simply because like of visa and uh, passport issues, you know, and you, you can't say that it's a level playing field at all because like one team is basically drawing from 
you know, I think an XI that's not full strength, right? As a result of various restrictions, this really kind of annoys the fuck out of me. You already kind of see that with Sporting Kansas City, right? I think that's that's the that's a, one such team that's had to deal with these of these problems in their Canadian road trips. So, yeah, we we have a lot of internationals on this team. Quite a few. We have what twelve or thirteen that are, that that kind of are you know constantly in rotation. That's that's a yeah. lot. That's a potential uh, you know potential big problem that we might lose some big players this game. And I think because of just the nature of like communications with this team is that we we won't know until like two hours before kickoff. No, not even. We probably won't know until the lineup is and we're oh, like, yeah. oh, who is in 18? Okay, who's not? And then from there, we kind of just, you know, figure out who probably was uh, um, left behind. Unless mm-hmm. unless someone for like finally actually for the first time reads the inside the 18 or <laughs> usually gives all the information. Yeah, you know, you know, I actually do read those articles because that's the only time that you hear about the random training knocks that have taken players out, like literally <laughs> yeah, five yeah. minutes before the game. I'd right. argue that's more important than the starting eleven because you get so much like important information in there, and like no one ever reads it. It's insane. Every time a lineup comes out, oh, where the fuck is blah blah blah? Oh my Just god, read the, where's Sean Nealis? Well, it says in the eleven that he got his arm chopped off with a samurai sword during training. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's in there. It's in there. Yeah, he 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 ran into the uh, kid from Liquid Swords. Uh, <laughs> he was the greatest samurai in the empire. He <laughs> cut off the head of a hundred and thirty-one lords. <laughs> <laughs> he was the Shogun's decapitator. <laughs> yeah, if if anyone ever like doesn't read the Inside Eighteen, I really like highly recommend reading that because there's there's always almost always some kind of good information in there, whether it's um, you know possible you know role or formation differences. You'll see it in there. So you don't have to waste time wondering what the shape is going to be or who's playing in what position. And yeah, training knocks you know, or, or any kind of whatever random weird shit that happens to the team sometimes. It's that information's always in there. I, I basically don't read the injury report anymore, right? Just because I I, oh, yeah, I, no, no. I, I realize that like day to day basically means out in this team's parlance and questionable means that they may or may not be appearing in the game. Like... <laughs> That's basically it. Like, <laughs> like remember, remember when Kamar died like a couple days before the Eastern Conference final? Oh and man, we didn't find out until like the inside the eighteen. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> like was... he had he had he had a knock like days before, and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that was fucked day. Like everybody was freaking out when they saw Connor laid on the team sheet. <laughs> My heart sank. I. I may have actually I that I I think that's the first time I actually died. I've died multiple times, by the way. This is my first time. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 pretty sure I felt my heart literally slowly seep out of my asshole at that point. <laughs> I like to point out that we've all seen Fernando die on national television, right? Like the game against DC United at home. I'm oh, sure yeah, we all a lot of us are in that photo. Just you can literally in. see my soul being ripped out. <laughs> That photo should be at that photo should be at the uh, collage they have at the Red Bull Academy, right? Of all the famous players <laughs> they produced, and then oh 2019, just like that picture posted with no context. <laughs> it's just it's the photo from it's the photo from uh, Cinco de Metro against 
the four nil against NYCFC, and then that photo, just the two <laughs> the two best photos ever taken of the South Ward of one hundred and one. <laughs> A photo series called 365 Days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, so I- I'm sorry that we had to subject ourselves to some painful memories here. Uh, so um, the good news is, is that it does kind of seem that the uh, injury list for our team is kind of clearing up a little bit, right? So I think you're starting to see guys come back. Um, obviously, Caden Clark, uh, going to be a big boon to uh, the midfield um assuming he shows up this time um and uh i think some who, who is it i think sean nealis missed the last game of injury but he seemed that but, but we hear rumblings that he's close but of course close and uh, one of the inscrutable things about the team this season is that close can mean a lot of things right <laughs> yeah. close is a relative term like close in what measure of time like are we talking on the grand scale of the universe here like that's what it kind of feels like sometimes you know um so yeah i think um that's the good news i think we're slowly getting guys back uh extra little bit of rest of course going up into the road trips because uh, oh yeah that's 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 one thing from that's good from this last weekend is that uh we had no injuries from the last game oh yeah no injuries against miami mentioned. so that's true that's yeah. that's good I mean, it helps when basically uh, both teams decide to just sleepwalk around the field for 90 minutes and just ghost, you know? Uh, yeah, so, well, I mean, here's the thing is that we assume no injuries and suspensions from the game, but what if we have injuries from training? Aha. Oh. Aha. That always seems to be what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Caden Clark also needs a wisdom tooth removed. <laughs> Christian Caceres Jr. has fallen, and then that's it. <laughs> just the team, the team needs the team needs a, a just progressive appendectomy. Is like, wait a minute, this is contagious. <laughs> Suddenly, Anatola Bang, Bang makes a miraculous appearance on the bench against Toronto. He's like, oh yeah, we signed him. It was in the inside the eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> he told his wife he was an American citizen and she was like he didn't want to tell her the truth yeah yeah George, George Weir's cousin told me that an Anatola Bang is a is an American citizen <laughs> <laughs> we're not talking about Tim Weir by the way that's another one for soccer old heads so uh um this you, is the... wait you mean the president of Liberia yeah Went to our academy. <laughs> Tim Weir, Ronald Reagan, the actor. Uh, I, uh, I, I thought Ronald Reagan was like the chief of staff in hell. <laughs> I'm fairly yeah, certain. Fernando, did you see him down there? Oh, I kicked his ass. That was great. <laughs> the first thing I did, I just smacked the shit out of him. You showed him where the fuck is Reagan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't need the orientation. Just I've been here before. <laughs> did did you shit on his front lawn in his mansion in hell? I shoved his hand in my ass and made him rip and and touch all the shit as it was coming out. <laughs> <laughs> this is 
really taking shit posting to a whole new level here today. The folks oh at home God. don't see it, but Fernando was holding up a diagram of, of what he's... <laughs> <laughs> an artist rendering. I miss these poop jokes, man. <laughs> We're not even 40 minutes into the episode and we've already like hit new levels of shit posting. This is great, dude. Like <laughs> I shat I shat on the windshield of my RX7 and just had him lick it clean. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> While humming the sound of of, of the of the USSR's anthem. <laughs> oh man. Um okay, uh let's uh, <laughs> let's let's All refocus right. here. As uh, Struber will say, let's not lose focus. No lose focus. Um, It must be so clear like a windshield that is not covered in shizer. Okay. So um, I think we follow that up with with, with another road trip down to Audi Field, right? To face this uh, new look DC United side at their uh, terrible Lego Stadium. Uh, I will say that this is kind of a... It's kind of flown under the radar a bit, I think, in the um, in, the, in league media. But this is basically another one of those. You, you know, all the talk about Philadelphia, like literally being a Red Bull Global like sister club, right? DCU is another team that has suddenly gone on this uh, bend of playing high intensity pressing soccer with a relatively young team, right? And then they've blooded a whole bunch of kids, I think. This season that are slowly coming into the fold a little bit more um, under the tutelage of Hernan Losada, and uh, now that they don't have like literally half their team on uh, the uh, injury <laughs> on the injury list, um, I think uh, some interesting, yeah, I think uh, another team like us, right? Some relatively unproven young kids. Um, who are being put into a high-pressing intensity system. Um, but, of course, I think uh, the Gold Cup kind of muddles things a little bit because some of those guys uh, got called away. So I think, uh, for example, um, uh, Paul Ariola I think, will probably still not be there on the weekend, barring some kind of disaster at the Gold Cup. Uh, and Donovan Pines, who I think was a breakout for them as well, like, uh, he's gone. So yeah. in his place... Uh, Steve Birnbaum started for DC United in place of Donovan Pines uh, while he's away at the Gold Cup. Remember Steve Birnbaum, the concussion man? Yeah, he's back. He's the uh, only one that I remember of guys who were there. Yeah. Andy somehow, Mach- somehow Andy Nahar is back. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, I just I saw the name in the lineup, and I'm was surely like, not surely not that a Nahar, and yeah, it Andy is. Nahar lost his starting spot at Anderlecht to to Amir Murillo, and like, <laughs> I'm going back to MLS. Red Red Bull makes baby. That's just what happens. I'm sorry. Like 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 if you go through the DC United like uh, roster right now, it's kind of a trip because it's a mix of MLS like retreads and kids like I've never heard of in my life, basically, right? So Yamil, Yamil Assad is there. Felipe is there, obviously. Shout out to Felipe. Uh, Jordi Reyna came off the bench. <laughs> Frederic Briant is their backup uh, center back. <clears throat> and then it's just fucking guys of names like Griffin Yao and Moses Nyman who have been getting some attention from MLS Digital recently, but 
It's because, like, I think we know that they're just basically going to be hyping up whatever young American playing in the league right now just to uh, build the allure of the league as a destination. Some <laughs> bullshit like that. I don't know. Who gives a fuck? Like, um, so I think a lot of it's going to come down, obviously, to how it shakes out in Toronto and the choices that are made on the midweek. But it's going to be a good test, I think, as well, to see how we deal with teams that are going to be that adopt a similar style of play to us, right? I think the tail of the tape against Philadelphia is that, like, uh, while they outpressed us on the road, um, at it's not called Tail and Energy Stadium anymore, right? It's like Subaru Park. Subaru Park, yeah. At Subaru Park earlier this season, um, tail of the tape is they kind of outpressed us in field and left us kind of overmatched, but we went one for one with them at home, right? Uh, and the last game that uh, last game that we played before this debacle against Miami, uh, basically, like we said on the podcast, like literally two or three days ago, like mostly in control for most of the game, just slipped away because of a loss of focus, I think, in like 10 or 15 seconds. So DCU will be another good test of that because uh, if we manage to out in, out intensify them, I think we can come away at the point. We can come away with three points on the road against DCU at the very least. This comes down to our intensity on the day and how well rested I think we come out of Toronto looking. With regards to the Toronto game, yeah, I mean, I think let, let, let's uh, let, 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 let's go in here knowing that it's probably not going to be the same Toronto team that we saw come visit Red Bull Arena earlier this year because they removed the single most. Uh, <laughs> Um, the single biggest handicap that they placed upon themselves, right? I'll just put it that yeah. way. <laughs> so yeah, um, DC. I don't. DC is a weird. It, remember, we've played DC twice already, just not in MLS play. We've played two friendlies against them that nobody watched, except for like the fir- the original preseason one at RBA. Yeah. Um, I, t- to tell you the truth, I had not seen any of DC United's games. I. I uh, I assumed that they were like really they were like they were good, and then I looked at the table and they were they're the the spot right below us. So I'm like I don't know what to make of them. Yeah, no, it seems like they are a bit of a project like we are, and Losada does want to play this style of soccer. So yeah, Losada for all it just seems like he's the kind of manager that's like, hey, uh, if the team is competent and just puts performances together, this league is not that difficult. Uh, to play in, which I think is the right attitude, rather than I don't know, uh, trying to play the beautiful game, despite being the worst manager in Premier League history. <laughs> oh, you hear the boar might be coming back to Atlanta now. Like oh he's he put his name in the ring. That would be so fucking funny. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, that, that would, would be amazing. Can you imagine being Joseph Martinez and being like, yes, Hainza is gone, and you walk in and there's Frank DeBoer like, oh no. <laughs> you'd just be like you just be like Abe Simpson coming through the door. <laughs> uh, it's the to be continued meme, actually. Like as soon as he walks in the door. Yeah, as soon as he walks in the we'll door, right. cuts to uh <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, like, as for Toronto, like, keep going. No, 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 no. You finish your thought. I've, I've been speaking a lot. Oh yeah. As for Toronto, I don't had how, how long. Okay, so uh, they have this is their third game since sacking Armas. H- how long do you think the new manager bounce goes? Mm, 
because their first game after Armis was a 3-2 win away in New England, which is highly improbable. So I think that's really pressing your luck. Then the next game was a 1-1 draw at home to Orlando. Do you think their luck runs out now? Did they expend the bounce, the amount of uh, potential energy left in the bounce? Yeah, here's the deal, right? Like, like Javier Perez is really such a non-entity, right? So the benefit mostly is like not having someone that actively detracts from the team, like Chris Armis in charge, right? And getting, and like it's it's a wonder of how much of a poisoned well it is right now, because obviously the team didn't give a shit towards the end of Armis's tenure. And they, I don't know if they necessarily give a shit now because they know it's kind of a temporary situation, right? So that's the thing always coming up against caretaker managers, right? You always assume that it's a complete non-entity and it's a base. And as a result of that, you know, I mean, since the whole team kind of knows that they're in a bit of a state of flux, like, um, I think we can definitely at least go for points. I'd be surprised if they truly outclass us because I don't think they're all that, to be honest. Because they had, um, yeah, because I don't think they're all that, to be honest. If we come out playing the way that we know that we can play, we could definitely come away with some results, right? So my 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 expectation is the same. Right? This is a team that still seems to be trying to get its feet back to get get back on its feet, despite uh, taking four points in the last two games. Um, so I kind of expect that we should at least be able to come away with a point. I think that'd be a fair assessment. I think we can get at a way of a point at BMO. It's not going to be as easy as it was like when they came to visit us. And that's kind of the shame because I kind of wish that we had, we had armist around. Um, we had armist around by uh, the time we visited again, but you know, obviously the seven, one game kind of forced uh, the issue. So DC United coming in to fucking screw us over once again. God damn it. <laughs> but yeah I, I, I don't know if the bounce really applies um, to because I just don't really believe in it <laughs> to be honest I just I, I just focus on what I know our t- my team is capable of and I know that they're capable of beating teams like this especially when they're in this kind of position so my prediction to answer your question is that we shouldn't be is that we, we can't expect that we can come away with something at the very least. I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at. I mean, I think any improved form from Toronto just comes from just even a, a semblance of increased clarity, right? Yeah. They're not a team that was trying that, that was built to do what nonsense he was trying to do. So I think just straying away from that and kind of you know slowing things down and, and, and even just playing in a simpler way is going to be beneficial to them. Um, I mean, we we saw that when when Armis left, uh, the team immediately you know played better. It was a seesaw in a lot of ways, but their their just their general performances were good. And you know, unfortunately, we were punished when you know we deserved to be punished, and we did well when when they kind of deserve you know to do well. And I think that's kind of where Toronto's at now. Um, I think whatever again, whatever bounce uh, they're seeing is just um even just some semblance of clarity with, with how they should be playing. That being said, I mean, uh, I know with this team, there's obviously still quite a few things that have to get ironed out. 
Um, we have no idea what the roster is going to be like. We have no idea who can travel and who can't travel. Um, some of our most important players are international. So if, if can you imagine, you can imagine if, 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 uh, if uh, Fabio and our, and a, and a Polish King both can go for some reason, I mean, yeah, who, who's, that, who, that who's really starting point. up top? Barlow and, yeah. you know, Barlow and who? I don't even know who would play Harper. Like what the fuck would we even, honestly, what would, what would we even do? Um, so it's hard to, I'm going to say if the overwhelming majority of, of our roster is able to play and we have pretty, 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 pretty close to the, the, the core of the team available, um, then I mean, I expect a win. I really do. Like that, that's the perfect kind of team to go up against to kind of like put them back in their place, you know, kind of knock them off to high a little bit of, of whatever it is that is possibly changing there. And, and, you know, a team that a well-managed team, even though we still have some issues to work out, is still a well-managed team should be able to, uh, to knock off a team in, in kind of a weird situation at Toronto's end. So, I mean, honestly, I, I really expect to win and I feel like I need to be realistic this year that, you know, not every game, you know, they're not going to win every game and, and maybe, they, you know, this isn't, maybe the ceiling isn't as high as maybe we initially thought just because maybe some of the early parts of the season were going to be a little more rough than we thought they would be. But still, I, I we are in a better position than that, than they are. They're still just not a good team. I'm sorry. I know they're an expensive roster and all this stuff, but Altador is, 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 you know, Come on, the, the guys—he just came back from an injury. I'm not sure how healthy he really, you know, how how healthy he really is. Um, he really hasn't played that long since he technically was being able to play while on on uh, on, on Armistice shit list. So there's just a lot of question marks still with Toronto. Where I just we're I feel like we're in an upswing. Things should be getting clearer by the game, whereas Toronto's still kind of in a situation of like, okay, what's you know, where do we go from here? What's even happening? So this is a perfect kind of game to really just go in, like demoralize them within the first couple of minutes and and ride that. Um, the only problem, again, is we have no idea what the roster is going to end up looking like. And I'm, I'm really, really, really worried that we're going to see some some kind of shockers on that on that uh, inside of 18 for guys who, you know, who couldn't make it. Yeah, hopefully uh, Toronto watches our game film against Miami and then gets lulled into a false sense of security. <laughs> That's that, that is true. Study a lot of film on Diara. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I think I I I, I totally didn't factor in the whole travel issues thing, and yeah, I think uh, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna change my stance here. I'm 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 gonna flip flop. Sorry, I'm I'm. It really depends on like you say, who, who who's available and who's not. But I think my base assumption that if we have everybody available and uh, the injury returnees stay healthy, we should be good to go, right? Like, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I think um, there's this perception that if you're Toronto, you could probably get away with something. You just make, I guess, Pozuelo play hero ball for like 90 minutes or something. Just, I think, probably what they're going to try and do. But... Um, I still think that, you know, I mean, I, I, I hold the assumption that when this team is on, right, they can beat anyone in the league. You know, I think, uh, 
the question is that we're not always like on all the time but which is kind of pertains to like the whole thing of having kinks to iron out like you mentioned right fernando but i do think that what i've seen you know when this team wants to and they'd really turn it on they can beat anyone in the league that is i think uh because I'm, I'm really just not too impressed with what i've seen by the rest of mls this year I don't think there's yeah. any teams that are like head and shoulders above everyone in the Eastern Conference the way you have Seattle in the Western Conference, for example, right? So I think... Yeah, uh, and, and funny enough, I, I feel like Toronto kind of... Because if you remember our first game against uh, against Toronto, like that first 15 or 20 or so minutes were actually like really annoying because they were actually pressing us pretty high. They were pressing the shit out of us. Yeah. Out of out of uh, um, out or of our no, back line, and, and yeah, yeah, that was. I mean, we 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 kind of lucked out once or twice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's some really so, spotty distro choices. Yeah, that almost created turnovers high up the field that they just yeah. Didn't the team managed to figure it out, but it was pretty nervy and a bit frustrating sometimes watching the team uh, yeah. play out of the back yeah. so much there. So the flip side of this now, and it just you know just I guess the thought that popped in my head is. You know, now that I guess I'm expecting them to not do that anymore. I'm kind of expecting them to really ease off the pressing and the running and 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 you know the traps and all that stuff, and really just play more possession based, slower pace, and all that stuff. So, I mean, I guess in a weird way that actually might play into us. Um, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Um, still getting all my fluids back. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean that actually might play into our favor where. You know, maybe we don't see as much trouble as we did, weirdly enough, uh, um, as a first game, and and maybe them actually slowing down a bit and, and playing a little closer to what they should be playing with that with that kind of roster. Maybe that helps us. Yeah, and, and that's, that's the thing. You look at their center, you, you you look at their back line, right? And these are not guys who I have pinned down as ball playing center backs by any 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 state of the imagination like you really want to try and have omar gonzalez facilitating play at the back i don't know about that bell i mean uh, i mean i'm sure it's like some kind of case when michael bradley drops deep to like orchestrate things but dr safety outlets such as chris mavinga and omar gonzalez are not ball playing guys right so assuming that that's right and uh they do take on more possession oriented sets you know i think uh i think there, there's potential if you close down bradley's passing lanes and force something to one of the center backs and that's what triggers the press right i think um it's gonna be interesting to see the pressing triggers and the spacing tweaks that Schuber has planned i think for toronto knowing that they don't have very strong ball playing center backs right but this is of course assuming that they want to play slow possession because they could also just very well just be like i don't know just 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 go direct and hope just just hope go direct and hope that one of your stars can figure something out like i i honestly haven't watched a lot of toronto i think or mls and i haven't watched a lot of toronto this season i'll just put it that way so um they only made two subs against orlando Sateldo and dwyer everyone else played the full game including bradley including gonzalez including pozuelo delgado subasa endo right Oh well, Patty Mullins is back. <laughs> Patty Mullins is back. Taxi was not in the ele- or he was not in the eighteen against Orlando. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Uh, J- that Justin Morrow and Auro. 
Did I misread something? But I, I swear I thought I saw something that uh, that Kamara had a knock or something. Oh, he might have been. I just don't remember. Oh, okay. Maybe he does. Yeah, but yeah, I haven't been I haven't been paying too much close attention to them. He doesn't play for our team anymore. I don't know what <laughs> he's up to. He's Who do you hanging... think he is? Alex Muil? All right. He's hanging out with Leon Bailey. <laughs> um, I guess. Okay. So then I think uh, DCU against Under Under Road. Right. I think we'll just do this to close out the episode. Um, the same thing, right? Like I mentioned, bit of a funhouse mirror version of us. They play high. Uh, they play high intensity, high pressing soccer like we do. Um, but I think they're not quite as well versed in it as of yet because you're basically trying to start from scratch of a lot of these guys, right? Like a lot of, uh, a lot of their players uh, don't really have that pressing DNA in them like you would with us or something like Philadelphia where they've been playing the system for like a solid two or three years. So they've managed to grasp its tenets like a lot stronger. And obviously, I think, um, you know, since Ariola and Donovan Pines are both out, uh, they'll be kind of playing some of their depth guys as well. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I think that midfield pairing of Russell Canoos and Junior Moreno in 2018 to now has proven to be kind of solid at the very least, right? So it's not completely chopped liver. And of course, I mean, Bill Hamid is such a fucking like random number generator goalkeeper, but he is capable of pulling out like some pretty good stops from time to time on top of some incredible howlers, right? Uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be missing guys like Areola and Pines because of the Gold Cup DD. But, you know, I think, uh, well, I, I think Russell Canoose and Junior Moreno, I think they're a pretty decent midfield pairing, not like anything to really set them over the top. But, you know, I think... Uh, competent enough and then it comes down to the fact that they'll be playing like uh, their depth back line right and those aren't really ball playing guys either from what i recall like steve burnbaum's kind of a classic center back uh and canoes and moreno are more like safety valve midfielders and anyone who then i think anyone who's really got any kind of inventive vision or passing range um and then so I think we can definitely take this team, assuming uh, we come out guns blazing. Um, the weird thing about DC United for me is that like the hype surrounding individual players seems higher than like the hype for like the team in general, right? Like, why are people creeping on the likes of Moses Nyman, Griffin Yao, and like fucking uh, Donovan Pines? Like, I hadn't even heard of like half these guys before the year, and I still don't know. You like, know why, Lance? Yeah, you I know, know why. why. I know why. It's because <laughs> American soccer is like a fucking glorified pedophilia ring. Okay, so. <laughs> Um, then, so I think anybody who's a young American under the age of like 20 will probably set off alarms and the FBI's watch list from like various Twitter users, such as, uh, who have like us soccer avatars and names like, uh, I don't know, swip my butthole or something. I don't know. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking know, man. Like. <laughs> This is how this is, this is this is how closely I've been paying attention to Amsoc Twitter, like absolutely cursed place. So, but you know, at the same time, like, so yeah, I mean, like, I think it could very well be we get. I don't expect six points necessarily. 
um, from both games, but I think four points is in play at the very least. Because, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, like both these teams are just sort of like in mid-table-ish flux. And we have t- taken teams higher in the table than them to town in their own houses, right? So for me, basically to cut a long story short, um, we are fully capable of taking both these teams if we want to. So I think, uh, you know, I think I'd consider a four-point road trip to be a very good showing. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have anything to add about DCU in particular. So if you want to just fire that off, you can. Yeah. I mean, I, I think DC is, they're going to be a tricky team. I, f- I feel like they're like a perfect mid mid table team and that they're good enough to really catch teams off guard on if they're having a really good day and, and the opposition's having a really bad day, whether the opposition's a good team or not, it almost doesn't matter. They're like good enough or their highs are highs, but their lows are lows. Um, and, and that's kind of what keeps them in, in, you know, kind of just floating in the middle there. Um, it's an interesting team. And I, I also feel like uh, because they've had such a huge change and, and just like their basic philosophy. And, and I want to say it's kind of like us, but maybe there there's some overlapping in a sense that they're still a team kind of finding their way with some big changes. And, and in that it also creates those highs you know, those really high highs and those really low lows. Um, so they're there. I feel like they're dangerous enough where you really, really, really have to take them seriously. Uh, if they go in there like they did, like we'd won against Philly, for example, we're, we're, we're going to lose. And, and I don't want to say badly, but there's a potential where it's like a pretty, pretty like frustrating loss, like a, you know, I want to say embarrassing loss, but something where it's like, fuck, did that shit really just happen? So they have to have their mentality up. Um, I, th- I mean, it's possible whatever happens with, you know, against Toronto, you know, whether it's positive or negative, that might spill into what happens on Saturday. But uh, they're a beatable team for sure. They are very young, but I feel like a lot of their guys are like young, young, like inexperienced young as opposed to, you know, kind of younger guys who, who, you know, who have some time under their belt. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It, DC is, that's going to be a weird game. It's going to be an interesting game. Uh, rotation is going to be important to see. Um, again, depending on what happens on, on, on Wednesday and who gets to travel, who doesn't, who plays and who doesn't, how we end up doing on Wednesday and how the energy kind of, you know, uh, spills into the game against DC. I don't know. This is, this is going to be, I want, I don't want to say a huge week, but I think it's going to be a pretty big week because these are two winnable games, especially Toronto and they're both away and we've lost too many games that we shouldn't have lost. I feel like at this point of the season, you know, yeah, to some degree it's there, there's still some fake bullshit, especially if, if we end up having to go to Toronto with like, you know, 70% of our fucking, our best players, if that, because of all this visa, you know, and, and vaccine bullshit, whatever the hell is actually going to end up happening. Um, but I still, man, I, I feel like we're, we're at the point of the season where the excuses and reasons and justifications for not having like good games is, is really starting to dwindle. You know, we're definitely on the upswing. I think our, our, our games have gotten progressively better. We are seeing them improve, 
but there's still there's still some moments where it's like you guys got to get your shit together. You got to get your head in the game better. Philly was almost a rude awakening where it's like, yeah, you guys aren't really hitting that point where you need to. So they just have to have a good mentality. These are two big, huge road games, massive road games. I'm, I'm actually, yes, yeah. I'm going to say these are these are massive road games at this point, uh, at this point of the season. If you can walk out of these two road games with four points, that's good. You you can, you know, they'll have a week off and then you can ride on that. But if we even even three points, I think would be kind of like, because that means we dropped a game. We probably shouldn't have dropped, you yeah. know, Toronto. I'm sorry. Like we really should be beating them. D.C., if we lose against D.C., something went wrong. You know, credit to D.C. I do think they're a, a team that we, you know, we very well could lose against, but we shouldn't. You know, so. I don't want to ride too much on 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 two on on you know two two games like this, but I really feel like we're inching closer to that season. I mean, we're it's about to be August, you know. We're we're getting close to that that point of the season where we need to start building on 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 positive positive uh, uh, wings as we get closer to the end of the season. Thankfully, we put such an anonymous performance on Saturday that I think the team will be rested for these two game stretch. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's the big factor in all of this. And I agree with you, right? I mean, guys, like every game is a six pointer this season just because of the way the schedule is. I think I said this earlier in the episode. Like, we don't have any Western Conference gimmies, sadly, to uh, kind of, kind of uh, break up the schedule a little bit, you know. Uh, because every other every game we're playing this season is going to be against an in-conference opponent. So, I mean, as a result of that, you know, I think like the losses and the losses are going to factor in in a bigger way because they shake up the table even more, right? I mean, like every loss, especially like if during periods like this, the team's lower in the table than us means that we drop further in the table harder, right? Because we're directly feeding our competition, you know, in these wins and losses. They're all six pointers, you know, and, uh, you know, I mean, uh, the good news for me is that I think, uh, this is also supposed to be like the so-called where our schedule kind of eases up a little bit. And I think as a, you know, I think Brit bird, like shout out to Brit, right. On view from two Oh two slash OAM, like posting about all the points that we have left on the table against these teams. Right. Like this is where this is, these are the parts of schedules that we have to take advantage of as a result of that. Like all these are six pointers. All these are points that can be easily taken, and all these are points that can easily help us shoot up the table if we take them. I know this team's capable of taking them. Uh, I'm not really sure, like, again, if it's realistic to expect six from two, but four from two, I think definitely. I'm with you guys there, and that's kind of what I hope to shake out. I want to see at least four. Yeah. Yeah, and, and also, like, you know, if you think about all the losses, we, we, losses we've had, I mean, for the most part, m- most of them were we're games where we kind of shot ourselves in the foot. So it's like, again, we're almost halfway into the season at this point. We're pretty close to halfway into the, into the season. I think we're what? 13 games played. Yeah. 14 or something like that. Give or take. I mean, so like, I don't know how much longer we can keep on like, ah, oh, man, you know, geez, geez, one or two stupid bonehead, you know, mistakes cost us a game, 15, 16, 17 games into the season. Like I, I'm expecting, you know, we're not getting blown out in, on these games. We're not getting just completely rocked. We're we're losing winnable games because of just a couple of stupid, you know, slip ups. So, you know, I feel like it needs to just be reemphasized that 
those kind of mistakes, I expect to, to, to really start becoming a thing of the past. You know, they're, they're going to happen, but not consistently. So if after all these games, we're still having to worry about like, you know, are we going to go to DC and play a bunch of, you know, kids, uh, uh, and in, in, in pretty inexperienced team with a bunch of kids and, you know, in the middle of their trend, you know, their, their big philosophy change or whatever, if we still have to worry about them making stupid mistakes against that kind of team, it's like, really, we're not, we're not past that already. You know, it's going to worry me just a little bit. And even, even against Toronto, like, you know, you kind of should know what to expect. I mean, it's still a good roster, you know, but again, given the situation they're in they're they're kind of in a messy stage. We shouldn't, we should have our shit together enough against a team that clearly doesn't have their shit together to not have to worry about like little stupid, dumb mistakes. And I feel like that's really been our biggest problem this season is just cleaning things up. So the, the more I think about this, the more I, four points really is the minimum. I, I, I'm going to be very pissed off if we come out of there with, with, uh, with a loss in either one of the games, because, because it, it means something is something kind of serious is still not being, not being cleaned up. Cause these are two, these are definitely two winnable games. And yeah. if you look at each situation individually, both Toronto and D and DC, you, you kind of start taking things apart. These, these really should be pretty winnable games. Yeah. I think that's bang on, really. Uh, I don't have anything else I want to add after that. So, um, anyone? F final takes? Uh, Eric Sorga is still injured for DC United, so he will not be able to score and get our bald manager fired. So. <laughs> <laughs> is that Abu Muhammad kid still around, actually? <laughs> 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 this is like the DC United deep cuts, man. Like, that, that, that was fucking wild, dude. Like losing to a bunch of fifteen-year-olds like last year and getting the manager fired, like that was tragic. Literally, yeah, like rarely two things that Jose Mourinho and Chris Armas have in common. It's like what made it really funny as well is because like it was like barely a week removed from him being like, "Oh, it gets quiet when I make the right decisions," and then he makes oh, all the wrong decisions and we get binned by a bunch of teenagers. Like that's that's really, fun. and then he and then it happened again the next year. So, you know, but anyway, that's enough Chris Armish chat. Uh, we are putting this ghost to bed. I am glad that we uh, managed to trade um, Chris Armis for Fernando. So welcome back, buddy. <laughs> it's good to have you Thank walking you. under mortal coil once more. Um, and I suppose this does it for MetroFan TV. Um, thank you guys so much once again for your time this uh, evening slash morning. Um we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, shout out to all the people who are still in hell. Uh, we, we we can't get you out. Sorry. Uh. <laughs> Whatever room you had uh, Fernando in, just like just change the, the the tile for Henry Kissinger, unless there's already a room in there for him. So. <laughs> He's got the mansion next to Ronald Reagan, actually. Oh, that's right. <laughs> He's gonna be a, He's gonna be. The Why hasn't he come down here? It's free real estate. <laughs> <laughs> Man, all right, all right. With that note, uh, Metro Fan TV. We'll see you guys next week, I presume. Um, and if we don't, well, blame the CIA. Metro Fan TV saying peace. Have a good night. Bye bye. Later.